Come to the Hit Dice Podcast. That's my, I'm still looking through my notes song. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Good morning class. We're all going to say the Pledge of Allegiance and drink a beer. <laughs> We're going to shotgun a beer just like I did in kindergarten. Yay. Um. Eh, well, never mind. Fuck it. Whatever. Hey, I'm your host and I'm your dungeon master. My name Wes. My name Wes. <laughs> My name Wes. <laughs> <laughs> that would work so good. That, that would kind of work asleep. if it was Spanish. Yeah. Me Wes. You know, got my players here. We're all waking up. We're all uh, not wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're crusty-eyed, and our tails are looking a little deflated. But we're going to get right into it, and we're going to have a bunch of fun. Mine, mine's bushy, but shouldn't be. <laughs> Rachel needs to, We're taking her to the groomer after these episodes. <laughs> my, my tail looks like it's been walked on on Bourbon Street for like a week. <laughs> Ew. Uh, to my left, Caleb Yonks. I'm Caleb Hanks. I play Van Dingulus Ulysses Fart Baby, the rogue elf. Gorgeous. My skin looks like a plump blueberry, but I'm I'm l- willowy <laughs> and lithe. I have leather pants on. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks. That's good that's, enough. Sometimes that's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need to know. You fill out the rest. Plump mm-hmm. blueberry wearing leather pants. Mm. <laughs> oh, damn. It's like, Rachel Watkins, get us <laughs> out of here. Oh, my God. How do I follow that? Um, hi, I'm Rachel. I'm playing Callista, the tiefling bard. Um, Callista has um, sort of opalescent white skin, mm-hmm. long, like, royal blue hair, gold eyes, and... Other tiefling traits like a tail and fun horns that curl around like cinnamon buns beside yeah. her head. Ooh, yum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not thinking about food at all this morning what? as I move away from the microphone to eat the rest of my fritter. Thank you for moving the microphone away <laughs> to eat your fritter. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Alan, sleepy time, Clark. <laughs> not that sleepy. Sounds um, like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Patches, the half-elf rogue. Patches is... Slim and pale and bald, um, and he wears all black leather armor, and he even has a black bow and a black and some black daggers. Um, he he's looking a, pretty badass as far as rogues go. I he, think. Uh, you can't really see it because he's wearing armor, but he has a moving tattoo of a hyena. Yeah. Oh yeah, and a brand. You, you all yeah. have, except for Van, you all have a brand on your neck. <laughs> Jonathan Ganong. Yeah, and I'm playing Arwell, uh, who's a gnome divination wizard. Um, and he's a short little guy, uh, three, four. He's uh, tiny as fuck. Super tiny. I know. Every time um, you talk about it, I'm always like, oh my God, I forget that he's so tiny. So tiny. <laughs> Probably less of now, but it's always had a little bit of a stomach. Um, got long white hair. He keeps up in top knot. Kind of just like traveling robes, blue and cream. He has a moving tattoo of a gear. Yeah. Is that on his arm? Uh-huh. Underneath his glove. I love adorable. Oh. Put him in my pocket. <laughs> I love all of your characters. I think they're all really well fleshed out and good. Hey, you know what? Dice Envy, they good. They good. They real good. Because of them, we have a studio. We're all sitting in it right now looking real good. Yeah, our pores look great, and we're all full, and we look great in it because Dice Envy takes such good care of us. And because they take such good care of us, we want to give you guys the opportunity for them to take care of you. You can go to their website, and you can get any dice that you see fit. You are going to find a pair of dice that are unique to you and your character. I feel very confident saying that because all five of us found dice that were perfect for us. And you're going to get 10% off when you check out because you're going to enter the code hit dice pot at checkout and you know what holidays are right around the corner when this airs it's going to be in like a literal week so get on there 
by the gift that keeps on giving, a subscription box or dice that can constantly roll natural 20s for your loved ones. And like I said, at checkout and at code hit dice pod, get 10% off. Additionally, if you want to see those pictures of us looking good in our studio, you can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Facebook is the least of these because nobody uses Facebook anymore because it's boring and the feed doesn't make sense. But (laughs) (laughs) we're on the other ones and we're also on Facebook if you don't have a lot of respect for yourself and still use it. Above all the other social media. I'll see you there. <laughs> I'm going to do an ad for Facebook real quick. Do you want to watch an inspirational video about how a guy learned how to walk again, followed by a montage of nothing but Russian car wrecks? Go to Facebook. I'm going to stop you right there, Caleb, and I'm going to one-up that. Do you want a bunch of notifications that have nothing to do with you whatsoever? Three of your friends posted an event that's <laughs> happening in Portland, Oregon. Three of your friends are considering going to an event. <laughs> Kind of near you. <laughs> Facebook became the new 98-hour news cycle. Ugh. You know, everyone is probably, everyone listening is probably just like, just turn off your fucking notifications. I guess what we're trying to say here, listeners, is we're the only reason you should have any social medias. And so if you're on it, you might as well be following us and interacting with us. We'll see you there. But we do Twitter. Yeah, we do the shit out of Twitter and Instagram. There's no shit left in Twitter, guys, and you have us to thank for that. Yeah, last episode of Hit Dice. You guys got out of the elemental plane of Earth, and I was really proud of you, and I wanted you to fight that bane, but you didn't. (laughs) You talked your way out of it because you you guys were feeling sleepy in the game. Uh, You guys did. You still haven't slept. No, you haven't. You guys are tired as fuck. So you guys, uh, you ended up in the elemental plane of Earth after getting caught up in the Twisted Tower of Ashabah. You met a wounded and hurt little Sferfneblin deep gnome. His name was Dirthmech, and he helped you all navigate a little bit. He, um, he's, not, he's not an adventurer or a fighter by any means. He was down on his luck and barely escaped with his life after some Dao, D-A-O, which are basically Earth genies, raided his village and enslaved his people. You all helped him find his family and his partner, Shandil, and take them back to Makranenak, their hometown, where you found that a curse had been placed on his people by the Dao. They had basically evoked the will of Ogremok, who... You all became acquainted with as an elemental evil, and you knew that um, Intramok was the good elemental evil, and it was sort of just like a sibling rivalry between these two wills of demigods. Um, and as you were there, you all did get rid of the bane by getting rid of the boon that was left by Intamok. Uh, so you convinced these people to leave their town, and they were already sort of convinced of it themselves, and it turned out that Dirthmik had authority and power that... He wasn't using and uh, didn't talk about much, um, but he was able, he, and he alone is able to control the thing the mirror works. He was able to send you guys wherever you wanted to go after you saved him and his people. Uh, He was very grateful. And as you left, he gave you this really dull cloth sack that is tied up. And when he handed it to you on your way out, he said it was um, the favor of an old woman. And he said that's all he was told to tell you when he gave it to you. And when he gave you that, he activated the mirror works. And you all asked to be sent back home to Raven's Bluff. And as you were stepping through the portal, you saw your reflections in these beautiful gems. This entire place was made out of these gems. And it's just, it's surreal and it's beautiful and it's very high fantasy and very fantastical. And they were all like pearlescent. And as you're looking at your reflections, you notice that the mirrors were no longer behind you, creating this infinite mirror loop like in a fun house. And 
Instead, you were in this port town. You were in the living city of Raven's Bluff. And as you turn back, Dirthmech is still sitting there, and you were still in the uh, mirror works. He handed you this elemental stone of earth that he had, the key that had been passed down in his family for generations. He told you all he thought that was what alerted the Tao to their location in the first place, because many Sfirf Neblin magics had been set up to keep them out. He sent you all away from this place with beautifully carved pantheons and ancient Sfirf Neblin statues. And the last thing he left you with was that the first effigies that were going to be carved in their new home were going to be of you all. And he handed you the elemental stone of earth. You all step through the mirrors and you're back home. The night sky draws a dark, peaceful cover over this city. The stars twinkle so perfectly that you can almost hear them. And they allow you to clearly see the silhouette of the Earth Spur Mountains. The mountains rise up into sharp, steep peaks, as if the horizon has been anointed with a crown. The gentle swishes of waves whisper familiar welcomes to you as you sit by the docks. The waves bring you tidings from the material plane, and they are accompanied by an overpowering, fishy smell. But this is far preferable to the suffocating air that stagnated in your lungs within Macrananek. The ships creak and groan against the wind and waves in harmony. There are guards lined up and down the port, all of them patrolling. Golden light glitters from the boats, the ones that have the lanterns lit. And it pours from windows that frame silhouettes of happy drunkards inside of these taverns that are all around you. The flittering of crumpled paper fills streets and posts and bare roads like dead leaves. And you can see a name boldly printed on all of them. Lander Brightwood. Some musics and voices can be heard from nearby buildings, but even these impressive portside shops seem dwarfed compared to the extensive city that sprawls out behind them. A light exposes the city every so often. It comes from a bright pinnacle of a mage's tower that sits out on the water. It seems like a giant candle sitting out at sea. As all of your senses survey this comfortable and familiar surrounding, you see the castle sitting at the base of the Earthspur Mountains, surrounded by smoke pouring out of every home. You realize that fires are lit, and they are burning inside. The crisp wind signifies that the seasons have changed from a sweltering summer to a cool fall. Then you hear the sudden clinking of armor, followed by a sharp voice. And you can, uh, you can see one of these guards that's patrolling. He's running over to you all, and he's told you to hold it right there as he's coming up. Uh, a suit of perfectly clean plate mail sits loosely on the shoulders of this tired-looking man. His dark, shaggy hair teases up and around the helmet atop his head. A raven is emblazoned on cloth that hangs on his armor, his shield, and a flag on his spear. Overgrown five o'clock shadow shades his jaw, and he has noticeable bags under his eyes. And what was that? That light. That big bright light. Was that you? Um, I'm going to hold on my water presentation and make it bright, shine up bright. And I was like, this? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'll give you inspiration for that. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. He's like, oh, oh, you magic users and your tricks. Just uh, yep. keep, keep it down. You're going to disturb the, uh, the people. And as he's saying this, two other guards run up. Uh, their helmets are down. You can't see their faces, but they're they're just standing behind him. It looks like some sort of backup as he's sitting here. How long have you guys been in town? Well, this is, this is home. We've been away for a while. We're just getting back. Right, but 
Goncalo has the guards up and he's got his patrolling. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know things are, uh, well, they're not looking too bright. We're doing our best to, to keep all these things out that them, uh, them adventurers brought in with them, but... No, we, we just got here. We've been gone for a while. What's, what's happening? What did, what did these adventurers bring in? Uh, and he starts looking and uh, one of the other guards pulls their helmet up and you see, you see this woman, you, you, you can only see her face and though it is dirty, you can, uh, you can tell by the way her armor is cut and by like the delicate jaw that she has that this is certainly a woman. She goes, well, you should know that's them right there. This is them. They're the people. You're the ones who did this to us. You did this to everybody. What? What did, what did we do? You brought the dragons into town. You started the tear fall. Everyone knows it. Not accurate. You're lucky Goncalo told us that we aren't supposed to be taking you in, or I'd have your heads right now. All these people, they trusted you. You were champions of the council, and you betrayed them. We did what they asked us to do. We have no idea what's happened. Well, that ain't they the way the songs again. have been going. People have been singing about you all over the realm. Oh, those are lies. Well, it's your word against everyone's. Hmm. Well, sometimes you got to trust the person that was actually there. We're, exactly. The people who were out on the water talking with the dragon, the only people who came back alive. Pretty suspicious. I say the songs are right. You're supposed to take us in? No, we've been ordered not to. Not to. Okay. Okay. And you're lucky. But just because we ain't on, supposed to take you in. Based on songs. That. Well, not just based on songs. The songs sing truths. But everyone hmm. knows what you've done. The stories are everywhere. Five unlikely heroes come into town. They get on the Council of Lords on everyone's trust, go out to sea, and the next thing you know, there's two dragons in the sky. The skies, the weather's changing, the seasons change quicker than they're supposed to, and the pinnacle of all of it is that you all spoke to a dragon. I, we don't need to prove anything to this fucking guy. Or, well, he's not going to believe us yeah, anyway, it doesn't okay, matter. Yeah, who the fuck? Jesus. Look, we, we, we've, been, we've been ordered not to touch you. Good. That's good. So it sounds like you wouldn't end well if you did. Likes us. Well, just because we can't touch you doesn't mean that the people won't. They want answers, babe. People have been talking about you. Well, it's not surprising if they've been listening to Lander. I'm guessing that's where all this is coming from. Well, he's up for some pretty big patronage. Uh, that's, that's word on the street. Hmm. Higher than nobility. Entire towns. Oh, wow. Towns that like to listen to lies. That's great. Maybe you don't like him, but I like his songs. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you're about. a fucking nerd. He's a great um, songwriter. He just see, he just makes this uh, shit up, but none of it's true. Okay. That's why I quit working with him. Anyway. Anyway. No, I'm just sorry. Um, he's an asshole. That's yeah, who he is. We need a rest, right? Yeah. Let's go to the kettle. I'm sort yeah. of like pissed as hell and over emotional right now, and you should probably take me somewhere where yeah. I can't yell at anyone. <laughs> Let's go to the kettle. I want to go to the kettle. There are many buildings in these streets. And bells from the ships and a few calls from seabirds set atop roofs follow you as you walk through them. I am putting up my hood so I'm less noticeable and recognizable. Okay, yeah, hood up. I'm um, like waving at the people because they've never seen. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, there aren't many people out right now. Like yeah. it's it's the dead of night. You guys aren't sure exactly what time it is, uh, but it is the dead of night, early morning sometime. There are a lot of these buildings, but there is one building you can find with your eyes closed. Its roof rises to a high point, and it is made of cobblestones and covered in small windows. A steady, muffled sound can be heard from within, and a few voices can be heard talking and cheering. Yeah! You can hear their glasses clinking. A wooden sign creaks on its chains and has a smoking cauldron carved into it and painted vividly. You all are standing just outside of the kettle of many things. 
Why are we outside? I'm going in. Yeah, let's go in. You open the door, and as soon as you open the door, this place actually has quite a few people in it right now. And, like, not all the tables are full, but almost all of them are. And the girls are dancing, and there is a bard in the corner uh, just, like, picking on a lute. A little, a little scrawny guy. And he's got a funny hat on, and he's got funny clothes on, and, like... Calista, even just looking at him, you'd be like, that guy's new. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he's got, like, uh-huh. a feather in his hat, and oh, he's got, man. like, the big puffy sleeves. And, hey, new best friend. Yeah, and so he's he's over there playing, and the girls are dancing, and as soon as you come in, uh, you guys hear a voice perk up and look over at you, and she, uh, girls, girls, free rounds, free rounds, tell everyone how to get them, tell them how to get their drinks. And as soon as this happens, the dancing girls run over to a table each, leaning over scandalously low. Madame waves you up the stairs that are tucked at the far end of the bar beside the fireplace. She has a look of urgency on her face as she is waving you all up the stairs. I'm going with her. Yep. She's a plump female half-orc with intricate, brightly colored clothing. She wears an incredible amount of makeup and has numerous moles on her face. She dresses in furs, and it doesn't seem so strange now with that crisp air outside, but even in the summer she was wearing these furs, and she has an air of import about her. But she waves you up these stairs. And as you all, are you all, you're going up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure, sure. As you all go up, she is right behind you. You can hear, like, her heels. You know, she's wearing them coming up. And those furs are, like, flowing behind her. She comes up. She opens the door to this room. And she's like, get in here. we got a lot to talk about. Okay. Yeah. You all enter this room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on? She's like, let me catch my breath. I didn't expect to see you here this, well, early in the morning, late at night, whatever you want to call it. I missed you, little babies. How have you been? Missed you, too. We have been through a lot. Yeah, well. (laughs) Trying to stop the tear fall. I would just like to... Buckle up, darling. I got a lot. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some other things. But I want to see how you all are doing. The girls, they know if I'm up here in the room with you, they're going to bring you some drinks. Oh, hey, I I remember you. Yeah, I was here for like 20 seconds. You were when that fat fella died. Yeah, when that fat dude... Oh, Elvis Presley died. Still a stain on the floor from that. Yeah, he was really greasy. Oh, well, look, darlings, you, you look awful. Oh, thanks. There's good reason thanks. for that. Why do you do this to yourselves? Well, I got to become a demon. And yeah, and she gets up, <laughs> and as she's like asking this question, she is not sitting down. Like, I don't know if you all pull up a chair or not, but she isn't sitting down. She's like walking, she's pacing to each of you, and she kisses you on the head. And you all can see this like big lip marks with the two little tusk lines in each of them. Like, all of you have it on the top of your head. This is like the only thing I'm okay with having marring my complexion. <laughs> but you've got it right up on the top of the head. One of the girls comes in. She sits down two tankards of wine on the table and a smaller clay jug. Six small glasses are set down. Madame holds her hand out without looking. She's still talking to all of you, saying, um, why do you do this to yourselves? As she holds her hand out, it's covered in rings. This girl who brought the wine grabs her hand and kisses it. And while she does, she locks eyes with Callista for just a moment. And then she gives you a knowing wink. And on her way out, she just smiles at you a little bit. And she leaves and shuts the door behind her. Do I recognize her? We're all poisoned. Uh, yeah, it's the same It's the same girl that served you all breakfast the last time that okay. uh, you all were here. Look, look. I've heard what they say about you all. Yeah. We just heard that also. We heard a little bit of it. Um, yeah. Everyone has. Let me guess who's responsible for that. Old Landrum. 
Look, Callista, I know you got this thing against Landa, and you should. Look, that that is small and petty compared to what we've been dealing with. He is petty. But if what he's doing is going to make it more difficult for us to accomplish what we're accomplishing, I, I don't know. Something's going to have to be done. Now, that is something that I can agree on. But you all got to understand. You got to be diplomatic about it. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But there's something I need to ask you. Okay. You know I love you all. And I ain't saying you did nothing. But I want to give you the chance to tell me that you have. I know how tough the world can be. Especially for the best of us. You all have so much hope. I've given into the world's temptations myself many times. Long before I owned this place. So babies, tell me. What have you done? How can Madame help you? We have done what the council asked us to do, which is try to find out what the tear fall was and stop it. Everything we have done has been in the name of preventing the tear fall from happening. And if that has brought us into the paths of dragons, that is why. Nothing we have done has been to bring them here or to start anything. It has all been to stop something that was already in motion. And it kind of sounds to me like the dragons were going to be here anyway. Regardless. So... We're on our way towards yeah. greatness. She's she's like she's she has grabbed uh, Callista and Patch's hands both, and she's just mm-hmm. like sitting there holding them. And she's like she she's looking at both of you very intently as you were saying this. And she says, "I want you to know that I'm coming from a place of love and help. And if you stick into this story, I believe you. But I want to say one thing, and I'll leave it alone." I have access to people in places that not everybody does. I can help you navigate beneath the streets. I can smuggle you out of here. I even know friends who can clean up messes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's such are you, as are you getting at what exactly is it that you think we've done? Look, people they're talking. It uh-huh. ain't just Landa. People are scared. And when they get scared, they got to have someone to blame. Right. You're easiest to blame. Right. You were the last seen with the dragons. Not everybody knows it, but I know that you smuggled something out of the ports. I don't know what it was, and I ain't asking. I'm just saying I know you guys has gotten into some trouble. In addition to that, things have gotten a lot worse since that dragon showed up. There's rumors around the city that, uh, Dragons have been running things for a while now. One of them uh, council's uh, lurds that you all are hanging around with. Mm -hmm. He'd been missing for a while. People are talking. We heard that. We're not trusting him either. Well, people are talking about how he disappeared because of you. No, that was before we left. Well, I'm just telling you what I heard, babies. Yeah, I know. Is the green dragon the one that's coming around a lot? No dragons have been coming around, just things have been... uh, Changing. Uh, we heard about the seasons. What else? Oh, well, the seasons changed, my babies, but they did change a little faster, a That's, little more yeah, abruptly. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Last time I saw you all, I, I reckon it was about uh, it was about two months ago. That long. How long okay. do we think we've been gone? Uh, you f- think that you've been gone for like two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. What, so what weird are, in elemental planes. What are the big yeah. changes around here? 
Well, uh, streets are getting seedier. You understand? Uh, people, some people see this as an opportunity. Your friends over, uh, well, your friends, you know the ones. Mm. They're taking full advantage of the situation. Guards, they've been posted all around the city instead of in the shops. Things have been disappearing. People mm. have been disappearing. Uh, mm. No one important, as far as I know, except for uh, your friend on the council up there. But, um, look, it, it, things aren't for the better. And uh, if you want to stay here, I think you should. You all look worse for wear. No one will bother you as long as you're here. I'll make sure of it. It's late, and you all obviously need some rest. It's been a long time. I'll have one of the girls look after your room, and I'll make sure you aren't disturbed. Look. No one can fix this but you. Don't let the world put too much pressure on you. You can just leave. Others can handle the rest of this, and you've done your part, and for what? To have your reputation sullied by the very people you're saving? If we're all going down, at least have some wine and food in your stomachs <laughs> and a good night's rest. I can't stand seeing you like this. A reputation is no good if there's no civilization in which to have it. To be fair, I already had a pretty bad reputation. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's fair, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks. And she pulls Patch's head into her bosom, and she just like <laughs> leans hers on his, and she's like... Ah, you always know just what to say. <laughs> and I look at Patches and I say, hence the path of the rogue, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Patches' head's still in between her big half work. And Patches is all like, Then <laughs> 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 you, can, you can see, like, she's obviously very emotional and she is, like, obviously concerned about you all. And she's brought you into this place where you could speak openly and transparently to her. She has locked the door off. You seem to be alone in here with her. The thing about it is... <sighs> People don't always recognize what's good for them. I learned that in rehab <laughs> in the Elf Village when I was nine. I, I got started early. <laughs> oh, calamity. But the thing about it is, is look, like you said, people want somebody to blame, but we just want to continue partying because if these dragons get a hold of what they're looking after we're, or what they're after, we're, we're all fucked. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what's your name? Vandingulus Ulysses Fart Baby. Just kidding. I'm Elvis Presley. No, I'm She's like, no. oh, that guy was gross. Yeah. Uh, she walks, she, she like removes Patch's head from her bosom and she lets go of Callista's hand and she walks <laughs> over and she puts both of her hands on Arvel's shoulders. You can see like she's got like a little ward on her hand, but she's got rings on all of them. Her nails are like so long that even just sitting here, they're like poking into your skin a little bit right here. <laughs> but she's like very gently placing her hands on your shoulders. And she's looking at Van. And she's like, well, if you've been keeping all of my sweethearts safe, then you're okay by me. And the fact that they let you in the room with them, even though you got that freaky hairdo, it must mean you've been doing something right by them. And if you're doing right by them, you're doing right by me. Yeah, they've been keeping me safe. And uh, I've grown to like these cats, so... Oh, they've been keeping you safe. Yeah, I've chosen well, to die I'm with sure them. Well, then I'm sure you can pay your it's, own tab It's in an that even case. exchange. That's <laughs> fine. I'm loaded. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no money. And I have no money. I'm I'm life rich for now until the fear tear fall. <laughs> you all get some rest. If you got nothing else to say to me, I believe you. I do. I want what's best for you. And if you change your minds, and I mean this, think about it. 
There are other people who can handle these sorts of things. You don't have to put yourselves at risk. You look tired enough and you're beat up. All these people talking bad about you? I just can't stand to hear it or see it. I've had to kick so many bards out of my bar singing them songs about you. <laughs> Only one I can keep is little weirdo Timothy down there. He's not even very good. His outfit freaks me out. Did, did I send him? Excuse this me? This a different one. I keep meeting people out on the road and telling them they should come here. <laughs> oh, no, you guys have you've never <laughs> this seen this guy. This is not one before. of the people uh-uh. I sent. Okay. Uh, oh no, you wouldn't hang out with the likes of him. No. He's a little he's a little creepy. Uh, he says all the wrong things at the wrong time. He tries to be nice, but it comes off weird. Poor little guy. I knew a guy like that. Woody Allen. I tell you uh, what, <laughs> madame, after after we've had some rest, maybe I can uh, get disguised and come down and sing a few true songs for you. Oh, Baby, I hate to see you cover up those horns and that pretty face. Yeah, I don't think people want to see me singing right now if those rumors are flying around. Another thing. I don't think it would help. Um, well, as long as you, you keep those beautiful bosoms out, everybody likes your titties, Calista. <laughs> we do That's love your titties. <laughs> you said there was all kinds of like chaos within the, amongst the people in town. Are they acting to your seeing unnaturally in any way or is it just just chaos because of the this is the nature of people as far as i can tell they see a bad situation and they try to take advantage of it make it worse now that said since the midsummer festival nobody's seen a dragon not since the one that you all saw so some of the merchants they are starting to come back in here word on the street is corman Thier has linked back up with us they're going to be trading some pretty big items that could bring some people back into town and guess who you have to thank for that Oh, I'm sure it's you babies. Mm-hmm. I know you left with that. I know you left with yeah. that. Uh... Arwell might be the ambassador of trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should do that as a living and they could all be your accountants or something instead of going after all these crazy adventures, all this danger. Sounds boring. I have a job already. I'm a professor. Well, <laughs> I knew you left with that sad looking, tired looking elf lady in them nice dresses, but uh, I figured you had something to do with it. You She's mentioned like to a- me. Princess of Cormanthier, so yeah, she's, she's part of the oh. reason why we've got that trade. She'd <laughs> been they all look shit. like that up there. She they looked, all said she, she was in a, a lot bad better spot. now. She was having a rough time at that when you met her. Yeah, you spend a couple of years in the ninth layer cake of hell, you're gonna look pretty bad. Well, I mean, maybe if you're well, whatever, none yeah, of my business. Anyway. Okay, <laughs> look, I'm gonna leave you all the rest to talk about uh, whatever it is you need to talk about. True. And like I said, if you ever change your mind, I'm here for you. Patches, you're already in enough trouble, baby. I don't, <laughs> I can't, I, I mean, I know you're going to get into more, but this, this isn't some petty thief, small town, trinket stealing bullshit, you know, this is big. This is life big. I just want you to wrap your head around that. Yeah, well, I, I have, I'm considering it. Don't worry. Patches, I just want you to know that every time that I see you going down a little further down the dark path. I, I, I admire you, man. I wish. Loud in front of a dam. Oh hell yeah! And you don't be a bad influence on my patches. I'm just saying he's gonna be patches, and I wish that I could follow my heart as much as he does. Because when he gets that urge to just do something wicked, I kind of just wish I, I could be him. I don't do that much wicked stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> wicked That's not cool. Wicked. He's just self-serving. <laughs> well. Either way, he's looking out for number one, and that's why I think you should all be talking to him about what you're going to be doing next. He's looking out for himself. You all are looking out for everybody else, but they ain't looking out for you. 
Got to put the oxygen mask on your face before you put it on your baby face. <laughs> Heard that. Um, Patchy, for the last time, you don't have a baby face just because you're bald. You're very handsome. <laughs> but he does look like a baby because he's bald. Uh, Madame, Madame takes her hands off of Arwol. Uh, she walks back and over and... Oh yeah. On her hand before she does. Um, and she, she puts her hand just on your cheek. She just caresses your cheek for a second and she walks over and she grabs Callista and Patch's hands. She doesn't say anything. She just rubs them with her thumbs for a second. And then she walks to the door. Oh, I got... I'm sorry, madame. Oh. One more question. Who was the girl that served us just now? Oh, pff, her. Well, that's Michelle. She's, uh, I mean, she's been around for a while. She's looking to take your spot, you know. She's very good. Is that why she winked at me on the way out the door? She's probably oh, no, I imagine it's because she thinks you're cute. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, cute. Really? <laughs> anyway, when we wake up, madame, if you don't mind, I'm interested in those underground passages you were talking about. Sure, sure. We can go through them if you want. Um, you just, I'll, I'll be asleep down in my office. I'm sure at that point, but come wake me up. Asleep is no thing. I'll just let the girls take care of the bot tomorrow night. And uh, she goes to she goes to leave, and she grabs this door handle, and it, it's just like this iron door handle on this big wooden door. And as she grabs it, she goes to pull it, and she stops with her back still turned. And she says, if you want people to believe you, you're the only ones who can do something about it. Tend to yourselves and prove your salt. You're going to need all the support you can get. And if you have to put yourselves at risk, you may as well do it with the living city at your back and a clear name. And then she shuts the door behind her and you can hear her heels going down the hallway. So, Van, how, how do we get... Can Cormanth, I mean, can Cormanthia vouch for us? Can they, since... There's a relationship now with Ravens. I mean, potentially, but I don't think these people are going to take lightly so, to a bunch of elves walking in here and being like, these guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, my bad. I also really want to just murder Lander, but that's probably not a good look. Dude, can no. I be honest with you? I want to murder him, too. And just like, can we just like rogue stealth mission and just and fucking kill display, him? Display uh, his body parts all over the town. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah. I like your style, or we just fucking feed him to the fishes and nobody ever hears another fucking or, shitty yeah, song again. make it look like an accident. Yeah. The rogues are talking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I it's want to kill you. him. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, cool again. Ate the wrong mushroom and all of a sudden becomes a mushroom himself. See, and now <laughs> and now the good the, weird. the good the good and kind Arwell is now helping us plot how to kill him. I mean, I do not like Lander. Yeah. He almost threw you into like a lava pit. I, yeah, he's I, making things a lot more difficult than they did. need to be. Yeah. I'm not a lot well, more difficult. Fucking no. around. Let's get some sleep, you guys. <laughs> yeah. so we've been up for weeks. We're like, let's kill it. Let's sleep and um, let's talk over breakfast, sure. which will be brought to our rooms. Yeah, we'll I'm gonna open the package. Time. Yeah, I want to see what's in there before yeah. we get. To so you sleep. open up you you open up this cloth satchel and you can hear it clinking and chinking around. And as you do, you open this up, you lay it out on the table. There is a pile of beautiful gems mm. wrapped with something else. There, there, it's like there's two things wrapped. You unwrap this cloth sack, but there is something else in here. It is a smoke black piece of cloth, and as you unwrap it, it's obviously some sort of cowl. And all of these gems in here are worth about 10,000 gold pieces in total. Um, Whoa. Does this cowl seem magical? Oh, I don't know. It looks like a regular old cowl. It's topaz and rubies and diamonds, and I mean, there's just like a pile of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that you, works you, you're able to do that still? Yeah, I can just cast it, yeah. 
Okay. I, hang on. Yeah, I've got one slot left. <laughs> like, uh, we're probably going to get some sleep. I'll play. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you would know that. You would know that this is a uh, cowl of minor teleportation. Mm-hmm. Once a day, it allows its wearer, whoever is attuned to it, to appear 10 feet from the space they are standing in as a bonus action. So I don't, I'm not just going to assume or just... Just it's yours. That thing practically has your fucking name embroidered in it. Put it on. Once a day, as a bonus action, you can appear up to ten feet away from the spot you were standing. Hell yeah! Thank you. (laughs) It is not just a cape with a hood on it. It hangs. It it is very intricate, actually. And though it it doesn't hang back like a cape, it drapes over you like to this to about your midriff right here. And it does have a hood on it. It's a dark, dark, dark smoke charcoal gray with black outlining all the way around it. And I love it. Yeah, and it has like three sections. It. it has three sections that become one on the front, like into a point. And then the back is flat and around to your shoulders and then it comes down and you can pull that hood up if you wanted to. Which I want to make a real life one now. <laughs> Before she falls asleep, Callista yeah. is really hastily pulling together like an overview song story of everything they've been through so far the reasons why they're the group has been doing what they're doing as sort of a counterbalance to the other songs that are circulating around town okay you want to roll that performance for me yeah you roll a nat 20 by the way Oh, really? (laughs) I love Arwell so Um, much. Could you describe what Portons are really quick, just because we haven't in a while? Arwell is, he's always been gifted with divination magic, um, which is why he went to Thing of Sparkspring to become, uh, just to learn how to control his powers. Uh, But becoming a divination wizard, he's able to get glimpses and insights into uh, the future. And Mm -hmm. then with that, he's able to kind of suggest or help people around him or himself uh, to kind of change the way it goes. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go over to you, and then I'm going to, like, kind of, like, hum this little melody that I had in the dream, mm-hmm. and then you'll roll a natural. I'm like, oh, man, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank <Here>. you, Arwell. <laughs> You've been hanging is... out with me a lot. You're getting some skills. <laughs> So I've got the song. I'm also like writing it up into like a little pamphlet form. Mm-hmm. And we're going to want to do this for a printer tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to stay up you just can for play a it couple all hours. On me. Yeah. I'm going to just be working my spellbook. I'm going to be learning how to do Unseen Servant. <clears throat> Unseen Servant is the one you're working on now? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, as as uh, I'll give you two hours toward it. Yeah. Um, Done. Learning this, you were reading through certain things, you were practicing. Basically, all you're doing is practicing it yep. again and again and again, and you're getting it closer and closer and closer. It's a lot like engineering, so this makes a lot of sense to Arwell. Yep. Um, it's just trial and error, and the more you do this, the more you realize that the results are very similar to the strange shadow that you all saw in uh, the heart of but uh, you do. It's it's not exactly the same, but it feels similar. Sleep yes. time. All right. Yes. As you all sleep, Patches and Van, you have you have both have a dream. Of course we do. Of how we kill Landap. <laughs> a ship's distinct bell echoes down the stone hallway that you were in. The moon glistens off of the murky, sludgy waters that run beneath you, and it puts. Beautiful, vivid highlights all along the muck-covered stones that build this tunnel around you. You look down to see how deep in the muck you are, but you're floating again. And what's more, you can see all around you. 
It's as if your peripheral vision has widened and the world lies stretched out and distorted, but you can still see perfectly around you. The tunnel you are floating through has an opening where all of the sludge pours out of it. You can hear the disgusting waters rushing out before you and joining the calming ocean waves. As you come out onto a stone ledge that seems to neighbor the port, the moon silhouettes a single man, a small little man with blonde hair. He constantly wears a half-cocked smile. He has alarmingly bushy black eyebrows, and they sit just above his dark black eyes that seem to miss nothing. He has a raven emblazoned on the front of the robes he wears. You look at the man, and his knowing, unmissing eyes look at you. Then a quick hand reaches into his cloak, and light fills half of your vision. You can see it dance out from where you are across the water, where you're apparently standing or floating. And it sails quickly out onto the water, almost faster than your sharp eyes can see, but the man is holding some sort of blue stone up in front of him. It's rigid and strange, and it fits in one hand. It looks like an uncut gem. It glows with the color of a clear sky, and it absorbs any light that hits it. Then it glows brightly and it causes you to close your eyes, and then everything goes black. Arwell, you also have a dream. Yay. <laughs> Arwell, you sit at an altar made of dark black metals and outlined all over with strange golds. The bonfire that sits just beneath it dances all along the fine metals and makes the gold seem richer and more beautiful somehow. It makes the dragon-like altar appear even grander as it rises above you. Then a fierce gust of wind howls through, enraging the fire and bringing it to life more than it already was. Its flames leap unbelievably high, reaching the ceiling, and it casts an ominous shadow on the dragon-like altar before you. As its flames lick the ceiling, this place begins to crumble. And as the ceiling falls all around you, you don't budge. You stand firm. Water pours from it and begins to fill the room unbelievably, unnaturally quickly. And as it touches the fire, its flames are not extinguished. Instead, the flames retract beautifully into the water. Its golden angelic rays touch every corner of this room, and they make this statue look glorious. Everywhere the flames' refracting rays touch, it looks like small balls of flame and they melt down the cave walls, like a sky full of stars falling. As you reach out in awe of this vision before you, in some sort of primordial or infantile gesture, you realize that there is a brass key in your hand. And in the dragon statue, you notice a keyhole in its chest, glimmering with gold around it. But instead of inserting the key into its proper place, you gingerly place it in the statue's open palm. Long rest, finally! Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what that is anymore. We're, we're waking up. We're, we're waking up. Okay. My rave was very weird. Yeah. I had a dream about a blonde halfling or something with a fucking weird blue gym. Yeah. Me too. Patches, you would have noticed. A, this is becoming yeah, a Yeah, this is a... Are we like rogue linked or something? Something's going on. What is up with that? Could so wait, be. in your dream, 
Were we? Because I got the feeling that we were in that Chuck city. Guy we who knows about dreams. <laughs> the stinky one. The stinky city. The stinky city. Yeah, the the one we destroyed. Oh, because it was water and and filth. Yeah. And then it was leading out. In my dream, it was leading out into an ocean, and there was a stone ledge or something. Does the city that we went to, what the fuck was that place called? You starts with Ilrefan. a Y. Ilrefan. Ilrefan. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't recall any specific city from the dream. Yeah. Um, I just know this. The guy. The there, was a, there was a blonde, there was a small blonde guy with a blue he gem. He didn't look like was absorbing that light. missing council member to you, did he? Because I don't know who that you would be. You would absolutely, as soon as Van says this, realize that it was Subrask. But he had a blue stone. That's the water gem. It would be the water gem. Is it water or air? I think it'd be water because in my dream, it was all water rushing and flowing and then going out to the ocean. But it was also absorbing all the light. Uh, I bet Isaacs has seen that shit from what you guys have told me. I don't think I've ever met him. He might at least have knowledge of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to see Thundershell first and check on that stand. Get can we buy a bag of holding here? Yes. I will just, you guys just, you find one. Okay. <laughs> and we buy it. <laughs> you, you, you spend the gold. Cool. <sighs> Each of us spend 100. Do we need to disguise ourselves? I'm not going to full on disguise, but just sort of I'm like. Hood up. Make less recognizable. So obviously the hood's gonna I'm pulling my hair back, mm-hmm. so it doesn't all the blue hair doesn't show. Hoods up, and I may be putting on some makeup to make my complexion look more normal Flesh-like. and less pearly and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't use my spell, but I just hood up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. usually yeah. I wouldn't hoods wear up. my leather my armor hair, around. Right. Yeah. Arwell's hair is down, and it has gotten longer than it was before. Your, yeah. your top knot's been getting, like, over so the course. <laughs> your top knot's getting so big. Yeah. It's like Lenny Kravitz's scarf. I don't know if you've, oh, if you've seen that. Quick breakfast. So sure. And yeah. Down. yeah. You guys are you're going down, and you're going to try and get something to eat? I'll I'll go down and just see if I can see okay. the girl from the night before yeah. that brought us She food. is the only one working at the bar, just okay. like the last time. She, is, she seems to be on the tail end of the night shift, and she is, like, wiping up the bar as you come down. Uh, she, though it is early in the morning... Mm-hmm. Uh, the air is crisp. There is a fire burning. And in, in case, uh, I don't know how you guys have been imagining this place, but the, the building is shaped like an L. And in the middle is where all of those rooms are, but you have to go up the stairs to get to the rooms, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And over near the stairs, there's a fireplace burning, and that L shape is accented by the shape of the bar. And this girl is behind it, and she is washing, and she looks up to you. And as she looks up to you, she has this bright red hair, and she has on this basically blue bikini that she is wearing. Her makeup is really nice. Mm -hmm. And as you come down, she just says, oh, good morning. Morning. A pleasure to see you. I, I, uh, thanks. I hope you slept well. I trust you did. We couldn't really help but sleep well. (laughs) I I watched after your room as much as I could. Saw you were undisturbed. Thank you so much. You know, people talk about you around here. I'm sure they do. You're a pretty big deal. (laughs) Your makeup looks nice. Thank you. I'm trying to be a little less noticeable this morning. I know apparently some things have spread about us in our absence that aren't quite true. We um, Would you mind sending some breakfast up to the room for us? We'd appreciate it. Of course. We've got a lot um, to do and haven't had a real proper meal in a long time. I trust you're heading out after you receive your breakfast. We will be. Um, I want to speak to Madame first about some details. I, I'll, I'll see to it that she comes up to your room. Uh, the traditional uh, toast and gravy then. <laughs> sure. That's great. Maybe a little. You got any like sausage or something back there? I'm sure we can fry some the, meat. The up guys would appreciate some preserved some, in the back. The guys would appreciate some meat of some kind. I think of course. It'd be a good treat. I'll so. get right on it and I'll send her up with it. I'll Thank come you so too. much. 
I'm doing uh, Unseen Servant as a ritual upstairs. I want to just have it around me. Okay. Do you have it? Did you take enough time to get it? Yeah, two hours. It only takes two. Yeah, no way. One. Oh, okay, gotcha. I just created yeah, this invisible, mindless, shapeless medium force, medium size, that performs simple tasks for me. So, yeah, I come no back way. up to the room. Okay, guys, I got mm. breakfast on the way. Madame's going to come up. We told, I mean, this is a canonic, we told you what, what our Your dream Your dreams, about. yeah. So, do we think that Subrask is in... He's either serving planes? a dragon or he is a dragon. Yeah, for sure. He could have been a dragon the whole time. It's yeah. true. In our dream, it was all sludgy and stinky. But it was a tunnel. We were in a cave. I think it's a passage out of Eorifon. That could be possibly true. I don't know. We were dreaming about this dragon altar, and I think the, I think the tear falls getting close. Was it the dragon altar that you guys saw in that cave where the guy on the buffalo met that weird uh, giant? Uh, it seemed similar. Okay, it wasn't exactly the same. Yeah. What exactly happened in your dream? There was just this huge altar, dragon altar on fire, and uh, a wind came in. And ignited the fire more, and then it collapsed the ceiling where water just took over the entire room. A wind. Uh-huh. No and other. Wind. They and just saw fire. in their dream somebody holding a stone that might have been connected to air. Yeah, and then, well, then the whole room filled with water. It mixed with the fire, and there were stars shooting across the... Which sounds just like the tear fall. No yeah, other sorry. weird, specific, small details? There may have been a key. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Do tell. Yeah, uh, when I, and I didn't put it in the lock. In my dream. I put it in the open hand of the, I guess, dragon. When you guys were down there where that altar was in that underwater cavern thing, Mm -hmm. was there a statue that mimicked anything in your dream of, like, a dragon with its hands open? Uh, The altar that you guys saw, on one end of the room, there were five dragon heads made of gold. Mm -hmm. They each, you guys, someone, I think Guy rolled a natural 20, and so he knew that they represented a head of each of the chromatic dragons, Mm -hmm. um, and that there was already a stone in one of their mouths. That's what was making the smoke mm-hmm. pillar. Um, the dragon heads were all to scale, by the way, so they were mm-hmm. fucking enormous. And on the other side of the room, there were these divots that went through it, mm-hmm. and then there were chains in the floor, to, and they were big, and they were meant to tie something down. You gleaned that much with your rolls, and the only thing you gleaned from the other one is how fucking big it was, and that it was some sort of weird magic. Yeah. Um, and the other one was this giant altar with like these claws coming up it, basically, and in the middle was suspended this like obelisk egg-shaped weird form that was just floating in the middle of it. I don't know. Um, I'm not thinking too much of it just yet. You know, if Madame has connections to the seedy underbelly of the city, I wonder if she if. would have any... Yeah, she does. Oh, There's yeah. no if. This, is, <laughs> okay. this well, is where we live. Well, I'm, I'm thinking if she's got connections like that, I wonder if she has whispers of people that are connected. Number one, where the other one is. We, should one talk, we should talk to Madame, see if she has any any uh, has had any like sounds in the fucking wind of Subrask or what he could be doing secondarily we need to go to Thundershout and make sure that that fucking stone is still with him and he has kept it safe Um, while all this is going on we're eating and the unseen servant is feeding me (laughs) (laughs) so weird as you all are eating and Arwell's fork is just sort of like going up to his mouth and back to his plate and he just looks like so fucking thrilled with himself (laughs) so happy (laughs) 
Madame walks in. She has like her makeup is on very sloppily, and uh, her hair is tousled, and she has mm-hmm. like uh, one of those really intricate combs that sticks out mm-hmm. from a bun in the top of it. Her tusks are uh, sticking up, and her lipstick is on them just a little bit. Her clothes are a little disheveled, though she has these furs on. And then she walks in. She's like, "Oh, good morning, my baby, sir." <laughs> I've uh, only been asleep for about uh, half an hour or so. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I I told you. Uh, I told you to wake me up, and so you did. Um, we'll be quick so you can get back what can to I? Me. What can I do for you this morning, my darlings? Madam, we don't want to disparage you because we you've already done so much for us. Disparage. Whatever that word you is. Talk bad about her. Oh yeah, that. Please don't talk badly about <laughs> no. me. Van. I don't know what word I was looking for. <laughs> I don't want to. I have nothing but good things to say about you. I don't want to put you out. Sorry. Also, your tab is waiting downstairs. Um, I don't know what word I was looking for. You said Sue Brask has gone missing, and people are talking about it. Yes, uh, that's right. Mostly higher up people, a lot of the... He's we, been missing for at, at least for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least two months. You you know, you, you mentioned that you have some connections with the seedy underbelly of the, the goings-on of this uh, town. Van, I, uh, I am the seedy underbelly of this town. I'm, of course, <laughs> I have connections. Have you heard anything that would lead you to believe that you would know anything about the whereabouts of Subrask? You know, those, uh, the tunnels that are under the city, it's like, uh, some sewage and some water, helps it drain out and stuff. A lot of stuff happens there. A lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, businesses have some shady practices, uh, such as my own, and, uh, they're connected to the sewers and the water treatment under the city. A lot of people walk around through there, um... I heard some weird, uh, I mean, a lot of weirdos are down there, don't get me wrong, but um, some, uh, I heard some weird guy, and she's, she's got, like, a mug in her hand, and it's steaming, and she, like, sips from it when she's thinking and in between sentences. And after she takes a sip from that, she's like, I heard some weird guy was down there, someone uh, who, who hadn't been seen before, because, you know, your friends and my friends, they're the ones running those tunnels, uh, coming down from Kalant, Doing some weird things, but uh, they said they saw some guy in some fancy clothes, and he had a bowl cut, and he looked like a real nerd. Out That's of him. A, yeah, out of an like illustration, like him. somebody drew him or something. That's Subrask. You know these tunnels really well? Um, I know them well enough. I don't travel them myself, but I use them. Do you happen to know if one of the tunnels leads out to some sort of stone ledge that overlooks the ocean? They all lead out to stone ledges that overlook the ocean. It drains well, out into it. Did any of these... People mentioned what part of the sewers he was in last. Uh, the central trade market is where I heard that they saw him. Let's go see Thundershell. Yeah. All right. Ooh, he could maybe. You all are setting out with uh, with your hoods up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hoods up, a little mm-hmm. makeup on Callista, mm-hmm. hiding her horns. In the sunlight, it <laughs> hurts your eyes so bad. You guys haven't it's seen a like time. natural light in so long. And as you walk out, you're like, oh my God. Like someone just turned their bright lights on in the middle <laughs> of the night. Pull the hood out a little further. Yeah. And you guys, are, uh, you guys are walking through the city, and as you walk through it, there are many more people in these streets. The smoke is still coming up and out of these chimneys. That crisp air still exists, but it's not uncomfortably cold anymore. Like, you can walk through the streets. It's really brisk and nice out, actually. And as you were walking through these streets, you're making your way up to the center. And, and can I be on the way? Can I be looking for a little shop where I could get some things printed? Oh, you. You're going to Kinko's? Are you the putting Staples anti-Lander propaganda posters? No, it's just, it's pro-us. 
until we kill get the Lander. Real story circulating out there, so they've got something else to talk about. As you are going through the street, by the way, um, you do still see all of these flyers. Oh yeah, I want to pick one of those up. Okay, Lander Brightwood really boldly on them, and as you pick it up, you're thinking about the printer. You pick this up, and you there is a gala for nobility tonight. Mm, um, that's nice. The the thing that what it is really telling is just that Lander Brightwood is in Ravens Bluff again, and like on his home turf, basically. Mm-hmm. And oh, so he's been traveling too. It says. I'm just making little rhythms as we're walking, like click, click, clack, 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 clickety, clack, and all it's saying to the patches is, <laughs> we're going to murder that motherfucker. <laughs> it basically just says that he is in town. He is doing a few readings, and some of his uh, bard compatriots, understudies, mm-hmm. are doing tellings from his now famous book, Starting Fires, Humble Beginnings for Incredible Heroes. And in addition to that, there is an invitation-only gala that's being held at Raven's Bluff Castle. Party crashers. Nobility plus three. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to go see our patron today yeah. as well. Yes. You're reading this flyer to one another. Your hoods are pulled. I'm having the unseen servant carry Ori, so you just see an owl perch just <laughs> floating <laughs> beside all of you. Yeah, you guys get a couple of weird looks, but like this city is known for its magic item trade. It's not that far-fetched to see something like this. Or so that's just a floating twig that you happen yeah. to put an owl right, on. Ori? This is great. Yeah, she's like, who? Um, But as you were walking through these streets, Ori floating behind you, uh, you don't catch too much attention except for the owl. It seems like everyone's looking at the owl more than they're looking at you all, plus you have your hoods pulled up. Thanks for the distraction. Yeah, nobody's bothering you. Oh, I didn't even... <laughs> you just you're like, I wasn't. I, I, you're welcome. It's just for this is for me. <laughs> uh, the roar of a fire can be heard and felt from some distance away. The ringing of a hammer sings out and harmonizes with a gruff voice that laughs loudly. You can hear it, cring, and he's just like, <laughs> like as this hammer is like ringing out. It comes from Thundershout's merchant stand. It seems to have had some additions since your last arrival. The kiln sits ablaze in its center with stone built all around it on all sides. Canopies pulled tight like awnings are bright orange and flourish out from the stone center. You can see many wares hanging on the stone inside of this. <laughs> a stout dwarf with graying hair sits here, just ringing this hammer, though a little bit of red remains in his beard and in his hair, and it bursts through that like hot embers. His hair and beard are both pulled into multiple braids. He constantly has this dirty apron on. You've never seen him without this grease-covered, smudge-covered, dirty apron with tools all around it. He wears an expression of strain though you can see a smile on his face. You all walk up and he has not turned around. He is still just like hitting this and you can see his kiln burning brightly. He is covered in sweat and the items that are sitting up on the stone wall, they seem much shinier than the items that you all saw the last time he you were here. He is using that stone in his kiln. Oh yeah. Or not kiln. Um, so in between the pings, I'm going to go, hell, low, Thunder, shout. Yeah, and uh, he turns around. <laughs> Friends! He wipes his hands off on this, like, essentially it's a shop rag, and he throws it into his kiln, and it just, like, <laughs> like the grease and stuff from it lights up. He walks around, and he just says, My kiln has never burned brighter, and my wares have never shown me their true potential. With your help, <laughs> Ding. I've become the finest blacksmith in these gods' damned realms. And he does walk out and he like puts his arm around Arwell. By my beard, I've never felt more alive. And you're just in time, too. I've been working on something extra special for you. Yeah? Something I don't think I could have tackled without your aid. What is it? I've been working on a flame tongue for all of you. Oh, that's cool. Be it bow or sword, it is your call. I mean, I would go bow. Good to see you, buddy. We did that magic thing together. Ah! 
And my friend, how could I forget you? Thundershout is always excited to have friends it was, back. It was very brief and it went terribly, right? No, no it, went it went really, really good well, and, and it then went it really, went really bad. bad. <laughs> good to see you. A pleasure to see you, my friends. What's this bow you're talking about? He walks back behind his booth and he's looking through something and he pulls out this really fine metal box and as he opens it, there's a cloth and he pulls it aside and you can see this bright, brilliant red light radiating out of it and he picks up a gem that is no bigger than a quarter. It's only about an inch in diameter and he holds it up, but it is perfectly cut and it burns brightly. I made this gem for you all. All I need to do is put it in a sword or a bow or shield, and it will work perfectly. It will bring you light in the darkest of places. It will light your enemies ablaze if you hit them with anything. Can you put it in a crossbow? I, I certainly could. It's up to you guys. I have a... I, yeah, we all have magic items. I, Down. You handed him a crossbow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he grabs it and he looks at it and uh, he's like... Ah! This is finally made, finally crafted. Whoever made this is worth their salt. Yeah, but I don't corner it there. And he he sits he sets this into it, and he starts digging into it with like this chisel, and he's hitting the back of it, and he's chiseling out this perfect diamond into your crossbow. And as he does, he's like he ha- he's pulling metal out of his kiln, and it's melting. And as it's melting, he pours it into this little slot that he's made on top onto this thing, and he's like. As I am working, is there anything else I can do for you, friends? Well, I think uh, we are satisfied that the stone is still here. <laughs> yeah, totally. My forges have never burned brighter. He's not going to want to give this thing back to us. No, he's not. No, but as long as it's safe here, I think that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's yeah. totally As long fine. as the dragon doesn't have it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, okay. he's kept it this long. It's been two fucking months. Yeah. Are you guys like whispering this to each other while mm-hmm. he's working? Yeah. yeah. I imagine he's making a lot of noise back there. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, doing this. Yeah, so yeah. we're just kind of off to He's working, he's like shouting over his shoulder to all of you. Uh, Thundershot, I'm looking for a new quarterstaff. I lost mine. Um, I was thinking about if we can maybe like make a metal quarterstaff of some sort uh, with like little compartments in the side that are insulated to lightning, maybe, possibly. I thought you were going to ask me to make some sort of wooden staff. That is not my trade, but a metal staff can do, friend. Uh, and he, he goes over and he's, he just like gets these two huge steel bars. They're crudely made and he just like puts them on this plate and slides it into his forge. And as it does, you hear that fire roar and he says a few things over it and he holds his hands out and you just see those flames turn white. And this like orange light is gone and this white blazing light is coming out and he pulls these out and he, as they are melting, he like puts this gem into your crossbow. And as he puts it into the crossbow, you see him look over his like his mustache that is like pe- it's not peppered it's uh, paprika it's like gray and red and as he looks as he looks over into uh, to Van he like gives you a wink and you can see that his wrinkles on his face are accented I should say by the soot and grease that's in all of them and as he winks at you you can see all of it and he pulls up this hammer and just slams it down and this spark flies. Okay, your crossbow is black. There is this fine brass pocket that is made of this metal that is intricate on the top of it. It is perfectly made. He has bolted it down with these little, uh, there's just like these little nubs on all four sides of it. And in the middle, this brilliant red gem sits and it just pokes out a little. And as he hits it into this, you see these sparks and embers crawl up this thing. And as it crawls up, it sets this pattern into the entire thing, almost like circuit, like circuitry. Yeah. But it glows red as you were sitting here holding it. And he sits it down and he's like, this one is on me, friends. A way of saying thank you for increasing my business, my skill, my possibilities. It has uh, five charges. You can roll a D4 to see how many of those charges you get back per day. 
Okay. And with that charge, you it will make any of your crossbow bolts shed bright light in a 40-foot radius and then dim light for an additional 40 feet from wherever the crossbow bolt hits. In addition to that, while your bolt is on fire, it will deal an extra 2d6 damage to any target that it hits. And that fire will shed light for about 80 feet, so you could like comfortably fill a room with it. It's like a torch. It has about as much light as a torch. So basically, I can just make fire bolts. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. As he does this, he pulls out this enormous, it's like, it's a very soft metal, mm-hmm. and he starts carving into it. He looks at you and he's like, And how do you like your staves, Orwell? Rigid and crystal-like, or, or gentle and curving? Yeah, yeah, I want rigid crystal-like. Okay. You want soft and curved. <laughs> she. So he, he does gouge out this soft metal, and as he does, uh, you see the shape starting to form, and mm-hmm. as this rod is forming on the top of it, it looks like it's like a mineral deposit almost, yeah. like okay. it, like an explosion of the metal up on the top okay. of it. As he is like gouging this thing out, you see this, like there's this explosion of crystal, and then halfway down it, the, the rod, it's, it's pretty consistent all the way up, but you can see that it's rigid like a diamond mm-hmm. all the way around it, like an uncut gem, and there's this explosion of them on the top and he goes to pour the steel into it and as he is pouring the steel into it you see it filling this thing and you can see it starting to cool mm-hmm. and as it is cooling uh, he says just a regular staff with the compartments I can give to you for free as a friend of Thundershots but if you want it imbued with anything now's the time to ask friend and he's setting these little inserts into it mm-hmm. to make those compartments that you were asking about and so he's setting these metal inserts into the molten steel to like keep these little places that can compartmentalize like little stones yeah. if you wanted it to Do or like something to hook onto. There's like a little, there's a little gem that shoots off from the top and you could like hook something onto it if you wanted. Cool. Do we still have the earth gem in the bag of holding? We do. We do. Well, yeah. You want to weaponize that shit? Because we can summon an earth elemental <laughs> from that. Yeah. Keep that in I mind. think we might need to have some of these that are still in their purest functional form at some point. So he ma- he does make the staff for you. Um, it is this blue steel of yeah. a staff. And so like, it does look like it's made of this metal. Uh, what, what color is your glove? Magnum. It's brass. Uh, no, it's it's like gunslate gray kind of thing. Oh, great. This is too. This is like a gunslate gray, but it has this blue sheen to it when light hits it. And so it matches your glove like perfectly. And it has this like the Love steel it. sheen's blue. And he hands it to you. It has these little pockets. And so it has okay. these five slots that go all the way up it. A little hook that like you could use to hang something magical like incense or a lantern for light or cool. anything like that that you need to. But he hands it to you and he says, these things are free. Thank you. You fired my kilns. You fired my heart. My passion is ablaze. Thanks to you all. Uh, but this is all I can uh, give for, uh, I wouldn't say charity, but as a payment for what you've done. Just out of curiosity, how are you feeling? Are you experiencing any other, I don't know, side effects? <laughs> the energy is great. I'm really excited for you for that. But ah. Any negative anything? Oh, nothing negative at no? all. It fires my kiln. I don't deal with that much. It singes my beard hairs every once in a while, but that's good for them. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's a mark of my trade. To have scorch marks on your beard and on your face. You look fabulous. Thundershot is a crackhead now. <laughs> Q has a passive perception of uh, 12. One of you guys do, I believe. I have 13. Yeah, so Patches, you you look over your shoulder, and though your friends are still talking to Thundershot, you notice that it's not like a big crowd, but people in between buildings, their bodies are all facing you. And they all have, like, at least one hand is in a pocket or hidden behind their back. I just very discreetly kind of get everybody's attention and just like we're still having a conversation but kind of point all around and so everybody can see. Mm-hmm. I'd like to use minor illusion to make a voice appear <laughs> down the way mm-hmm. that says, 
oh crap, I just dropped these bags of diamonds and they're just rolling down the street. I'll never be able to pick up all these diamonds by myself. I guess maybe other people would have the opportunity to pick them up. Okay, roll a persuasion. Nat 20. I also got a nat 20. Oh god. Come at me, bro. So we're rolling again. All right. Oh my god. Nat 20 roll off. 12. Okay. Plus. Yeah. Well, performance? No, persuasion. 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 Ooh. It's a 12. <laughs> yeah, so with the 12, these uh, a few of these people do turn to look, and their hands leave their sides, and you see them dash down the alley. A few others are encroaching on you, though. They start to step toward you, and they're looking at each other and then looking to you. None of them are by themselves. They all seem to be in pairs or threes, though two of these groups do leave, and those alleys are cleared now. But as you all are standing here, they're slowly starting to encroach in on you. We need to get to the council. I guess. Or Isaacs. What are we doing? I'd like to talk to Isaacs first. Uh, yeah, I first. would, too. Yeah, me, too. Yeah, and yeah, fuck the council, really. Yeah. I mean, at the I'm end not sure. What are they going to fucking right do? Now. The only yeah, thing that they know. could know and probably don't is whereabouts of Subrask, but. We know, I think we know Isaac more would than, know. He yeah, works for the council. Yeah, he'd probably know more than. Yeah, okay. Those okay. Let's go see Isaac. Um, hey, but I shop, think we need a, to sneak out. Yeah, back. do you have a yeah. back door? I do not run any shady practices here. None of that dabbling in the under in the underworld with all of those. Uh, Freaks and all of those uh, ne'er do wells. Of course, but do you have a practical. nice way for people to get out without being mobbed? Well, his in, in case this wasn't clear, he's not in a brick and mortar building. Uh, he yeah. has like stands out in the street with oh, a ki- okay. with a forge in the middle. Are, are there still are there people walking in the street though? Yes, they're okay. all coming to you, and as they are, they start to brandish swords and bows, and you can see them reaching for arrows as you all are standing here, and uh, and then you finally do hear a voice crack out. And says, yep, that's them, all right. And then they pull this arrow back and they loose it toward all of you. And as this arrow is flying toward all of you, we're gonna run Thank you. Arwa got 19. Five. Five. Callista? Eight. Eight. Patches? 22. Wow. Okay, so Patches is and up patches. first, and then Arwa. Um, so I, it makes sense because Patches was like, notice them first. Uh-huh. So it makes sense that, that you're quick to react. Long. I'm gonna whisper to everybody get to Isaac's. And then I'm going to roll stealth, and I'm going to try to sneak, like, out. I'm going to try to just, like, out under the table and just be walking in in the crowd like I'm just one of the crowd. Okay, sure. It's a 14. All right. Got it. Could be worse. Anything else? Um, no, not yet. All right. Arbol's up. Custo's on deck soon. I'll use my action to disengage Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, make my way through any alleyway beside, like, Okay. The furnace areas and whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to use one of my portents here. Um, okay. And so my stealth trying to sneak out is going to be a uh, mod 20. Okay. And then as this happens, the crowd is like pulling out daggers and they are rushing in on uh, Van and Callista. <laughs> Patches and Arnold sort of just like dipped out and you guys are just standing here like, <laughs> Thanks, oh my God. Uh, as they come in, the first people, they draw their swords and they're moving toward you, though they don't get all the way up to you, but some arrows do fire toward you. Um, that is uh, two toward Callista. One is a five. The other is an 11. They both miss. Yep. And then Van, uh, the one arrow that gets fired at you is a 12. 
It does not hit. Okay. It's a so good this, thing these aren't yeah. adventurers. Yeah, as these arrows hit, they're like they're like <laughs> sticking into like your uh, your leather armors, and they are like grazing off. And you guys are able to like sidestep to see where they're shooting. Thundershot like sits in front of his his booth, and he's yeah. he says he says, "Friends, get out of here! You all do not shoot at my wares. This is my living." And like as he says this, he pulls a hammer up from behind his counter and puts <laughs> it in his hand. He says, "Fire one more arrow toward my wares and see what happens to you." Yeah. Uh, and so he has like this huge ornate hammer in his hand uh, and he like pushes onto the counter and he's sitting in the street beside you and he like pushes against both of you and he's like run and, uh, hey, and as he's sitting here Callista is up and then Van okay. is on deck um, Callista is going to whip out that there Doss loot cast some invisibility on herself because okay. <laughs> she has no Hell other yeah. way to escape Van's just standing here with uh... <laughs> I'm assuming Van's about to sink into the ground I don't yeah. know <laughs> but no, he's, he's about to take care of himself I don't know good thinking yeah. Um, yeah, so cast invisibility. But as I before I do it, I'm going to turn as if I'm going to try to run around the back of the shop, mm-hmm. cast invisibility while running, and then immediately double back yeah. and hit, try to head down that alley towards Isaac. Smart. Place. You're trying to get through all these people. Um, yeah. If you all could mark which alley you were running mm-hmm. down, that'd be great. Are you guys all trying to go down the same alley? <laughs> yeah, just put our little giant figures. I think we're <laughs> all trying to head for Isaac. Yeah, yeah. so you're all trying to get down the same alley in this uh, small crowd of people. Yeah. Um, your heads I was up. going to just like hide until it dispersed and then make my way. Okay, so you get like behind some barrels or trash or something. Yeah, and I'm just using Ori to scout for me. Okay, yeah, she's up in the air mm-hmm. and looking. All right, great. Uh, Van, you are up. And Callista, you uh, you are invisible. Yay. Um, a visible creature is impossible to see without the aid of magic. For the purpose of hiding, the creature is heavily obscured. The creature's location can be detected by any noise it makes or any tracks it leaves. So I just, I leave yep. that cord ringing out and move away from it. Which is great because <laughs> they roll a natural 20 on their investigation for oh. you. So you're invisible now. Poof. Yeah. So uh, a few of them do start to like make their way around and Van, you were up. I uh, start to back my way down the alley and I just say to the people, it's so funny that you try to extradite your, the people that are going to save you and you bow down to the one that's actually bringing on the tear fall. Lander. Such a shame. I'll use silent image. Okay. okay. And I will make it look like everybody going down that alleyway just completely disappears. And so basically just the entryway to that alleyway is just going to look like the alleyway. But what will happen in the beginning of that illusion is everybody will kind of just dissolve. But there are still people on the other side of that illusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just trying to distract the people that were outside of the alley. Okay. Sure. Those other people can do whatever the fuck they want. Okay. Patches, you are, uh, you you get past all of these people with your stealth as you're like slinking around them. And as you do, you start to make your way up the street. It doesn't seem like there are as many people. And as you were running up the street, a door opens. And as this door opens, uh, a suntanned a man steps out. And he's looking right at you. Suntan and damaged skin shows on what little is visible of the face of this man. A black cow shades his face and the black cloth covers the bottom of it. Light black leather armor covers his body and many straps on his pants are adorned with daggers. Uh, he looks identical to his brother. Arnold sits here and he says, you poor lot. <sighs> always getting into trouble. It's, not, uh, it's always ends up being my fucking job. Get in here. How far away is he from me? He's uh, he's like two buildings up. You can see him around the corner, like psst, like he's got the door at his back so that people behind him can't see him, and he's holding it open and like waving you inside. And he's like obviously cussing under his breath, but he's like looking right at you and being like, "Get the fuck in here." I walk until I'm about ten feet from him. Okay, and then I teleport into the <laughs> house behind him and tap him on the shoulder. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, as he turns around to look at you. Um, and so you tap him on the shoulder, and he turns around, and he looks at you. And, man, he does not smell good. <laughs> like, you're standing right behind him. He does not smell good. And uh, as he looks at you, you can see him like, what the? F-? He, out loud, he's like, he's like, oh, God damn it. Like, don't sneak the fuck up on me like that. He's like, get your weird little friends in here, too. All right, up. I'm pulling out the coat oh. that he got us, the cloak. The raven cloak. Yeah, the raven cloak. Mm. Um, and I'm putting that on, and I'm putting it over my head. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to kind of still use myself that I'm doing, um, and using Ori kind of see the best option to get around some people, maybe. Okay, sure. I um, mean, you had I'm a going to, nat 20 on uh, stealth. And I was going <laughs> to... Kind of look like an old lady or something. Like that. Okay, and I'm great. gonna have my white hair just yeah, like you see him like, from under the cloak. Like, As Arnold sits here, he uh, he is looking for all of you, though he does not see you. Mm-hmm. You can see him, but he does not see you. And uh, patches, are you still using your stealth after you appeared behind him? Yeah. Okay. You don't see patches, but you do see um, Arnold. Okay. Um, he's he's looking over his back and like talking and something, but he has his door open. You have no idea what he's talking about or what's going on. Okay. Well, not knowing. I would just see him, and I would not want to talk to him. Okay. So I would just keep going to ice axes. Okay, yeah, you keep walking up the street. Patches is in here. Uh, this this crowd is up. I'm going to... Uh, Van, did you move up into the alley? Yeah, as you move up, these short swords are out, and they are all going to take an attack of opportunity against you as you walk by. That is uh, a 22, a natural 20, and a 14. Um, they all hit me. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is going to be... Uh, Can I use my reaction to uncanny dodge? Yeah. I would like to do this. So you can half the damage of one of these guys. Um, the natural 20, I imagine? Yeah. Okay, so the natural 20 is going to hit you for five. Um, Ouchie. Yeah, and then the next hit is going to be for seven. Yay. And Oh, actually, the natural 20 is going to be eight and seven, so 15. And then the last hit is for ten. I have one health. Yeah. I'm really glad I you're running through, but these swords right. are like they're raking across you as you're running by, you and you just have your HP arms up as they're like cutting across you. Yeah, I fucking go into the ground. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, you uh, you pray out, and as you do, you f- you realize something really strange as you pray out to Ogremok, and you start to sink quickly down into the ground. You realize that your limbs were feeling a little stiffer than they normally do. Um, but as you pray out and you use this, they, you regain complete control of them and they loosen back up, but you like quickly go down into this place. You can feel all of these creatures around you. Uh, a lot of people, more are coming in, you know, uh, with tremor sense exactly where all of your friends are. Cause you were all touching the ground. So, you know, where Callista is though. She's invisible. You know, where Arwell is. He looks like an old lady. Um, there, uh, you know where patches is. And what's strange is there is another creature and it is talking to patches. You can feel the vibrations of this thing as it is talking to patches. That's how you see. And I guess it. I'm going to have to keep <laughs> this demon around guys. Um, I know where Callista is. Yep. Anyway, Callista, you're up. Also, so okay. like you and Van are sort of taking the same turn. You're invisible. Everybody <laughs> thinks you're a witch now. Yeah. They- oh, they're all like, "Suck into the earth." You can hear them saying things Elves like, so "I told weird. you, I told you." Like they did it. Look at this. Who can do these things? Like as you just like disappear into the ground, is this illusion? The comes magic up in users front of were alley. common here. Uh, they are. These people are just mad. <laughs> Mob mentalities. People are so dumb. Travel over to near Callista. Are you going to stay under her? Yeah. Okay, you have n- <laughs> you're alone as far as you know, Calista. You okay, are invisible, yeah. though. I have no idea. Okay. Um, um, you see, you uh, you see Arnold with this door open, looking over his shoulder, talking. It's obvious he is like trying to stay hidden with his like mm-hmm. hood pulled over. You recognize him though. You've seen his just outfit I before. Recognize him. I'm gonna sort out. 
silently head that way and see if I can overhear what he's up to. Okay, he's cussing at Patches because Patches scared can him. Can I tell he's cussing at Patches? Yes. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking sneak up and on so, me like that. So while he's talking over his shoulder, cussing at Patches for sneaking up mm-hmm. on him, I tap him on the shoulder on my way in the door. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, as he's looking around, and he grabs his door, and he slams it shut, and he's looking at the both of you, and as he's looking at I'm the both of you. I'm still invisible. Oh, he's looking at Patches, and he's like, look, I know, I know you like thieving, and you like running around, but I'm trying to help you, all right? So you don't got to be scaring me. I'm just trying to do my job. And I just, so that and Patches this, knows I'm none there. None of you are in immediate danger anymore. So Patches feels the familiar feeling of Callista's hand caressing his bald head. Yeah. I, so I, <laughs> so he I knows say, it's me. That time it wasn't me. I crawl up from underground and poke him right in the butt. <laughs> he's, like, God, he's like, he's like, I ought to just open this fucking door and let all these people in here gouge your eyeballs out. Yeah, but they're going to think uh, you're one of us. Where you lot been? Just been looking all over the fucking world for you. Austin's after you. And he's gonna he's gonna make you shit gold when he finds you. You owe him big, and he ain't fucking around. He's a dangerous man. He said you owes him big time. And for what? We were supposed to get a bear, bear's hold or something for oh, him. Oh yeah, bigger bigger things called. Yeah, shit came up. We're still not not going. We just haven't gone yet. He looks out to you, and he's just sitting silently. He's just looking at you. Are you, you're up in the I room pop now. up and I'm just voice. like, look, bro, when, yeah, fuck. <laughs> when you're saving the universe in another different realm, you know, you get tied up with stuff and I cast cure wounds on myself with that ring I bought. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Guys, where's, where's Arwell? He's still just staring out at all three of you. Um, he did move when Van came through the floor, but other than that, he's just, he seems to be waiting on something. Mm-hmm. As he's just like looking out to all of you. He stopped. He's not like cussing. He's not being loud mouthed anymore. All he's right. What's going on? on? It seems like it. This is a trap. What are you waiting on? You're you're actually asking him that. Yeah, yeah. And he's he just uh, he looks over to you like really she, confused. You can't for a see her, but this is my friend, the tiefling. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's just staring at his. I keep forgetting <laughs> I'm invisible. Um, I can see myself. And, and then uh, out loud he goes, "Fuck, shit, fuck, god damn!" He's like, f- 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 "Friends, friends," and then his voice splits. Like, as he's saying it, he says all of his favorite cuss words at once in harmony. And then he says, what the fuck? Palmer! What's gotten into... No! No! Fuck! No! And he starts screaming, and as he screams, his gaping mouth widens far past its natural boundaries. And then it begins to widen even further than that. And two other mouths grow out of it like oil separating in water. His eyes do the same. They stretch out across his face and look out into obscure directions that make little sense. As your stomachs fall and your hearts sink, so do all of his faces. His scream melts into a garbled mess, as does his skin. The smell of sulfur fills the room, and an evil kiss pours out of him. He starts pouring blood out of every single pore on his disfigured body, and then a cacophony of voices and screams with each drop of blood. And these drops grow bigger and become anguished faces on his body. His entire body becomes engulfed in tortured faces and horrifying screams, and they all scream out in perfect, agonizing harmony as he becomes a giant, blood-red monster. The faces continue screaming as two forms from the ceiling in front of the door. 
Their gelatinous-like bodies seem to be filled with skeleton parts, and each of them is attempting to assimilate the skeleton's original form. But the result is an unsettling pile of bones that vaguely resembles a humanoid body. And we're going to end the session right there! Hey everybody, we hope you enjoyed that last episode of the Hit Dice Podcast. This is your buddy Caleb and Sean Gabs, your girl Kathy. And we just wanted to send everybody a happy holidays from everybody here at Hit Dice Pod and all of our wonderful sponsors, including Dice Envy. They have incredible dice. They're made out of really, really good quality materials and all of their styles are very unique and you're going to want to get them. Up until Christmas Day, you'll be able to order one of their subscription boxes, which start at only $5 and some of them include include the last flickering light which is a D&D one-off that Wes Cordell our DM made himself and I did some of the art for in fact I did all of the art for it also we want to give a quick shout out to our partners experience points and mage productions they do online D&D web content and all kinds of crazy stuff and they're super nice guys And last but not least, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can do us a world of good by interacting with us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All of our handles are at HitDicePod. And if you want to help out the podcast a little bit more, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. That helps us stay somewhat popular and help us continue to do the podcast. So once again, we just wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays and thank you for joining us in our podcast experience this year. 2018 has been our first year doing it, and we are hoping to keep it going for as long as possible. So stay warm, everybody. Say howdy to your families for us, and we'll see you on the next episode of Hit Dice.